Hey, Andrew. Hey, what? It's episode two. No way. Can you believe it? I can't. We survived episode one. Barely. Got some followers. Maybe. A little. A few reviews. Yeah. Not too bad. Yeah. Are you ready for episode two? Let's do it. Let's do this. Are you ready to get slayed? some bad hombres here and we're gonna get them out the box you opened it we came bing bing bong bong bing 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 i love china hi i'm jackie wanna play i just want them to suffer look what you did to him I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. In 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos, but we'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frog gay. Do you Now, it's time for Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media. Are you ready to get slayed? You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. Welcome to Friday the 13th, the podcast that gives you a fresh and fabulous take on horror in real life and horror in media. I'm co-host Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And we are here with uh, episode two. Can't believe it. Very excited. And so just to give folks a recap of what this podcast is all about, we are a podcast that looks at horror, uh, whether that's in real life in terms of politics or pop culture or popular events or true whatever's crime. going on, true crime, yeah. or horror in media. Which is basically your average horror movie, whether that be on Netflix, in the theaters, or streaming on anything. Absolutely. And so those are the two main segments that we bring you every episode. Uh, and we always bring you, of course, a fresh and fabulous take on those segments. And we're going to try out some some new segments here and there, too. Just kind of keep it fresh. Why not? We, fresh we, and we fabulous. Keep it fresh. And so on today's show, we're going to be talking about, um, in horror in real life, we're going to be looking at racism in America, which is extremely terrifying. And that's going to lead into our horror in media segment, where we're talking about uh, get Out. And the reason I think that we're really going to talk about Get Out is not only because of it segues completely into our horror in real life, but also it's Oscar Sunday and it I is nominated. Oh, it's so exciting. And how exciting is it to have a horror movie up for Best Picture right I now? I think the last one was Silence of the Lambs. It's a long time ago. Yeah. What year was that? Oh, 90s. Resources, can you check that for us? <laughs> We'll get back to you on that actual year, but it's been a long time. Yeah, for sure. And, th- and not only is it um, a horror movie, but it's a horror movie that is dealing with some really prescient themes that we're dealing with right now. So we're going to dive straight into that right now. And not only get out, you're, you're forgetting something. Tell me. Veronica. Oh, and Veronica, of course. 
Veronica is the new thriller, the new supernatural thriller on Netflix. And people are claiming it is so scary that people are turning it off. I've even heard it, I've, I've heard it called the, the new exorcist for this generation. Like the scariest movie ever. Yeah. And so Andrew and I actually just watched this movie this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some, some, we have some opinions about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be discussing that too. So here we go. Let's just dive into horror in real life. Um, so racism in America. No way. Racism? Uh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Who, who would have thought that a country built on the backs of slaves still has a, a problem with racism? Uh, but here we are, still dealing with that problem every single day. You know, I thought it would just go away on its own. You know what? It hasn't yet. Hmm. Very interesting. Damn. Um, and so, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk about racism, of course, lately, because we have a really weird man uh, at the top seat of our government named Donald Trump. And Donald Trump has, has pretty much blatantly... Um, has pretty much blatantly ignored all of the calls from African-American activists and African-American leaders to look in a very um, intentional way at racism and how it affects our country and how it affects people of color. Well, I mean, are you really surprised? I mean, look at what at he all. ran on and how he won the presidency. Not at all. Because so the, the whole slogan of his entire campaign, and the slogan, the slogan of, of his presidency, the slogan of his era <laughs> is Make America Great Again. And the thing that I have to say about that is, look, I love America and all. I'm very glad to be an American. I'm happy. Frankly, I'm just lucky to be an American. Um, but America was never great. I just want to posit that as as, as the beginning of no, this have very bloody beginnings. My goodness. So we have we have uh, we have Europeans that came into a country that was already inhabited by natives, and and we took it over. We pushed them out of their land. We or, murdered or flat them. out killed them. We flat out killed them. Yeah. And so, and then on top of it, we took other people from another continent and brought them over to do all the work for us. So this is a country that has never been built on its own merits to begin with. Um, and you know, look, there, there's plenty of things to celebrate about America, and there's there's plenty of Americans and plenty of American, um, there's plenty of American uh, ways of life that that right. make America that, that do really make America great. But there's also plenty that we really have to grapple with now. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, we we were built upon different kinds of people coming here, fleeing from other places to come to a brand new America where they could practice their religion or practice their way of life freely. Sure. And now we're basically saying, no, not anymore. Not Sorry anymore. about it. Sorry no. about it. And and the scary thing about it all is that is that we're finding now that people who are blatantly racist, people who are blatantly white supremacists that they are being emboldened by the current administration and that they are moving forward in new terrifying ways that we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. And um, and it's it's their groups now. I mean this absolutely. is they, this whole idea of white supremacy has really like reared its ugly head again. I mean, I think for a while there when we, you know, um, when Obama became president, we all thought, you know, maybe this is a turning point. Maybe this is the next step that we need as a, a country. Post racial presidency. Right. Yeah. And this, it just seems like we took like one step forward and then three steps back. Sure, absolutely. And as, as LGBT people ourselves, I think we know a little bit about that. Um, you know, of course, Andrew and I are both white LGBT people, um, so you know we certainly can't speak to the to the actual experience of people of color. Um, but we know what it's like to be oppressed. Yeah, and we know what it's like to live in a culture. And I think of we both came from very rural areas where, yeah. you know, when we and I, I'm not going to speak for you, but when sure. I when I came out. Um, I didn't come out until I was 20, no. and that was because I was terrified. Of course. I was terrified to um, – I remember the first time uh, I went out on a date with another man, and 
uh, we were sitting quietly in a in a booth in the corner in and, Michigan. Right? In Michigan, yeah. yeah. Um, in Grand Rapids, which is supposedly like the more progressive part of Michigan. Also, Betsy DeVos country. <laughs> and um, a man came up to our table as he was leaving, and he just simply went to us and he said, you people make me sick, and walked away. What year was that? Um, this was probably, I'd say, like 10 years ago. God, that disgusting. Yeah. It's awful. So. And, and just to think that, like, you know, that, that, that's hard for you as, mm-hmm. as a white gay man. Right. I mean, imagine what, it, imagine what it's like for a person. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like the easiest one to take. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, imagine what it's like on a daily basis. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the simple fact is if we wanted to hide our LGBT-ness, we can. I have a pretty gay voice. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> um, and I have a very swishy walk. Uh, but you know, beyond that, I mean, we—that—that's something that is mutable. Yeah, we, we, absolutely. We, we can mute this when we want to, but people of color don't have that opportunity, obviously. Um, and you know, and it's—it's getting—it's getting scarier and scarier. Um, a, a couple of, of recent things have happened that really uh, make horror in real life um, really terrifying. Uh, I want to take us back to the summer of 2017, so not all that long ago. Uh, when white supremacists marched on Charlottesville, Virginia. That's where University of Virginia is. It's a very pretty area. I have some friends from there. If you've ever been to UVA before, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, the whole East Coast is beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's, a- yeah. it's absolutely wonderful. Um, and this large group of white supremacists uh, called for a march, and they marched on Charlottesville. Uh, the first night of the march... Uh, was, Mind you, uh, with tiki torches. Was was with was with tiki torches, and at it, the it's, time, which is just also like absolutely <laughs> as gay as you can possibly. Just be. as an aside, um, the weekend before this happened, we had ordered twenty four tiki torches for your, our wedding, for your gay wedding, for our gay wedding. Yeah. So um, definitely had to rethink that purchase. Yeah, right, right. But thankfully, tiki actually did come out somewhere, mm-hmm. somewhere yeah, very, sure. very soon after that, saying, "Look, we are actually not white supremacists. We just want you to have a good backyard party. That's all." Um, and as somebody who loves going to Hawaii, I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you yeah, don't so, get to have tiki. Yeah, right. You, you can't have that. Um, so, so when it when it when it when it comes to the Charlottesville march, um, d- just to recap it for everybody, uh, the, all these white supremacists showed up. They they did this really like weird and scary march on Charlottesville in the middle of the night. They were all carrying tiki torches. Why at night? I never. I kind of didn't understand that. Because I don't know. They want to be druids or something. It's it's very strange. Or is it because they don't want their face being shown? It's probably. It's probably. And they're ashamed of the way that they think. Right. And instead of trying to understand, they're basically just flaunting it Mm -hmm. all over the place in the cover of night. Unfortunately, I don't think they are ashamed of what they think. But when they did that march, they marched through Charlottesville, uh, shouting chants um, like "You will not replace us." And Jews will not replace us. Um, and and then they went to this Confederate statue in the middle of the city. They surrounded a bunch of more liberal-minded protesters, and it was it was a bad scene. It was it was very yeah. it was very dangerous. It was volatile. Um, I know that the police actually did not come to the aid of the liberal protesters, which is just insane. As we hear sirens in the background. Yeah, as we hear sirens. <laughs> By the way, we're in, we're in Studio Ravenswood in Chicago, so you're always going to hear the sounds of Chicago. Yay, um, emergencies! Um, but also with that, uh, so a couple of days after that initial march, they probably heard sirens like this. Um, a couple of days after that, though, uh, the more liberal-minded folks did stage their own march through Charlottesville. Yeah, I think it's important that they had to show a, a up the other side. Yeah, yeah. And at that counter-protest, one of the white supremacists drove his car full speed into the crowd and injured many people and ended up killing one of the um, one of the activists. There. Yeah. Her name was Heather Hare. 
Um, it was a, it was a terrible, tragic moment for the movement. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a wake up call for America. And I think that like, that white supremacy is real. Oh yeah. Racism is real, and it's not just real. It's ready to explode. Well, and that's why I think, like, when we are, you know, obviously both of us are pretty liberal in the way that we think, but I think when we do come at these types of um, ignorances that we have to think thoughtfully and be well-minded in how we're protesting um, and really show the other half that, you know, we're not here, we're not going to beat you up, we're not, you know, we are just... We are here to say what we want to say and try to not ignite violence because that's only going to lead to more violence. Hey, big surprise, violence leads to violence. Peaceful, peaceful protest is, what, is, what, is, is all of what we were about in Charlottesville. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, uh, we have a president who came out and said after, after the death of somebody, after someone died, after, after this wonderful woman who just wanted to be heard create peace yeah. and be heard in charlottesville who also lived there she, she'd been a citizen there her, her entire life uh you have a president that came out and said that there are good people on both sides yeah how on earth can you possibly come Ugh. out and say that there are good people in the white supremacist community because yeah, guess what it. that's not true and you know there there are a lot of things in america that, that we can compromise on absolutely tons of things we can compromise on there are some things we cannot compromise on period yeah a couple of those things. LGBT equality. Cannot compromise on it. Racism. Cannot compromise on it. Period. Sexism. And sexism. Cannot compromise on it. Ageism. The, ageism. Ableism. Hey, how about we just let people live their lives? Let people live their lives. <laughs> for fuck's sake. But, I mean, for God's sake, if, if, you're, if you're going to be um, one of these hateful people that, that make this your MO when you get out there and start talking your bullshit... No, you actually, you don't get a voice here. Yeah, You don't deserve a voice, and, and I'm not going to give you that platform. And also, in, in this day and age of, like, social media and becoming YouTube stars overnight, right. people are doing some extreme things just to be those people. Yeah. A lot of the times, these people are not, they're not those characters that mm. they're portraying, mm-hmm. and they're only doing it to gain notoriety. You got it. And, and and unfortunately, because they're getting so much notoriety, they're they're emboldening other people. I'm looking at you, Ann Coulter. Yeah, thank you, Ann Coulter, you idiot. Um, <laughs> but but thinking about just a couple weeks ago, when we look at the, the massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, which we talked about in our first episode, um, that kid that did it, Nicholas Cruz, was with the Republic of Florida, which is a white supremacist organization. And on the magazines that held the bullets that he used to shoot up that school... He had chiseled in swastikas on those magazines. Goodness. So we can't say that this just came out of nowhere. Right. We can't say that he just woke up one day and decided he was going to shoot up a school or that he just had a mental illness or whatever. Right. No. This is something that was in his brain that had been worked on by somebody else. Somebody gave him these ideas for hatred yeah. and for power and for uh, and also for being scared. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's like he's a teenage kid. And somebody told him, there are other people out there that you need to be scared of. You need mm-hmm. to be so scared of them that one day you need to be ready to kill them. Yeah. And that's what he did. It's be- so unfortunate. Easily. I mean, we talked about a lot, this, a lot of this in our first episode. If you haven't listened, go back. Um, but, you know, this culture of this culture of guns and that's the only way that I can protect my family is sure. if I have a gun. Is just, it's just creating more and more uh, paranoid and scared people. Right. And they and when you tell them the only way they can protect their family is with a handgun or with an assault right. rifle, like come on. I mean, and is this is this the country that we're making great? Is this again? what we is, want? Is, is this, this what we want? Is this what great looks like? Is Not this, to me. Is this it? Because it's it's pretty terrifying that yeah. this is what great looks like. 
And, you know, it's it's not just, um, you know, talking about white, white supremacists right now in, in context of all of this. We're also talking about, about hate crimes against LGBT people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're looking at, um, you know, a, an uptick, significant uptick in hate crimes and anti-Semitic crimes. Well, I mean, just look at Orlando. Oh, completely. Exactly. At I mean, the Pulse shooting. Or, or Orlando would have never happened at Pulse in 2016. It would have never happened if we hadn't been a culture that drove into people's brains that LGBT people are second-class citizens. Mm -hmm. You don't make a decision to go to an LGBT club... On Latin night, for that matter. ...and then decide to kill... Was it uh, 49 people? It's 49 people. 49 people Mm -hmm. with some crazy fucking gun. Like, that's... That doesn't come out of nowhere. It's not out of a vacuum. And that's what the right... That's what the right is trying to make people... Trying to make people believe... Is that these things just happen because people are crazy, yeah, or because they're lunatics and they haven't gotten the right therapist for God's sake? Like, no. Guess what? I see a therapist on a regular basis. Yeah. A lot of my friends do. Um, a lot of us take, you know, uh, uh, antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication or whatever, or whatever medication you need to make your life feel more normal um, or just be more normal. Yeah. Because you do those things does not mean that one day you're going to be a mass murderer. Right. That's not what it means. These things are implicit in American culture. They are implicit in our American bodies. And we've been taught from a young age that this is normal. Yeah. And, and you know, back to how we started this whole conversation. Thinking about racism, the, 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 um, the black body in America, like mm-hmm. the actual body of a black person, right. has been viewed as something that is disposable from day one. From day one, we brought country. them over from Africa to when, do our work for exactly. us. Exactly. When we brought these people that we thought were just absolutely worthless right. to come here and build our, like literally build our country, literally yeah. build our White House. The well, White House, remember everybody, was built by slaves. And I mean, it just goes back to everything in America. Who built the railroads? The Asian Americans built the railroads. Mm-hmm. You know, who built up who really is responsible for our culture? It's really these. It's really it's these people. people. That, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's, well, it's, not, it's not responsible for our culture necessarily, but responsible for our infrastructure. Yeah, like we have people of color to thank for that. People of color who were in servitude, right, and who were forced into slavery to build these things. Yeah, and and and, and that's just you know we're seeing it more and more. Right. Um. And, and it's and, only and the thing about it is it's it's only making those people. It's only making people of color more angry because it's like. For heaven's sakes, it's been, you know, however many years since we've abolished all this stuff. When are you just going to treat me like a normal person? Sure. And, you know, on Facebook uh, this last week, we, we posted an article by Ta-Nehisi Coates, and it's called The Case for Reparations. And if you haven't read this yet, I, I really hope that you will. Um, it's a long read. Um, our producer, Michael, actually listened to it um, on... Um, there's an audio version. Uh, there's, yeah. there's an audio version. I'm not sure who reads it. I hope it's Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, but, and, and that's like an hour and a half. But trust me, it's worth it. And, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who, you know, once again, we're, we're both really liberal-minded. I'm extremely left. Um, but, you know, for me even, it took me reading this specific article to really have a good understanding of what the, the argument is. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, I mean, it's called the case for reparations. I mean, this is, let's be clear, he's talking about reparations from slavery. Right. Um, what that case actually is. And I'll tell you, I never really understood it until I read this article. And after I read it, Immediately, I was like, you know what? That's really interesting. That makes absolute sense. Yeah. Because it's not something that ended as soon as the Civil War ended. No. Or as soon as Reconstruction ended. It's something that kept on going and going and going. And that's what I think Like, we have to understand is that like, this is all being... It's, it's a work in progress. Just like people, we are not perfect. 
And we need to understand that we have to continue to do work on this stuff. Sure. It's not just going to solve itself. Yeah. And I think we have to understand as white people that we have a privilege. Mm-hmm. And uh, and white privilege is real. And if you don't understand it yet, you gotta. Yeah. And, you know, talking about like uh, having an initial understanding of something. I remember when I first finally understood white privilege. And it was when Trayvon Martin was killed yeah. in Florida. Uh, whenever that was. 2013, I think. Um and it, it finally makes... It's a weird reoccurring theme with Florida here. I, know, I don't... Right. God, it's, it's so weird. Florida is awful for many reasons. No offense to our listeners there. We hope you move here very soon. We love Key West. Yeah. Key West is wonderful. Um, we'll, we'll be down to visit you very soon. Um, but but I remember when Trayvon Martin died, but not died, when he was murdered, um, I remember thinking to myself, finally, like, oh, that's right. He's black. He can't just walk around and be safe. Right. The way that I can walk around white and be safe. And that finally brought it home for me. Mm-hmm. I had never fully understood it until that until that very tragic moment. Um, and well, what a sad moment it was. I think that that is um, a lot of the problem, is that these people, the you know specifically like white supremacists and the, that group, tend to live in areas that are only them. So there's only one way of thinking. And I think it really takes until you know someone that's uh, an LGBT person or know sure. someone that's a black person or know someone that's an Asian person. Um, and having them have an effect on your life is when you really start to understand what human life really is. Right. Because I, I can tell you so many times uh, when visiting my family up in rural um, northern Michigan, um, I've had a lot of times people tell me, oh, you're the first gay person I've ever met. Wow. And you're not so bad. I think I've heard that before. But, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things like... Just don't until, hit on me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't don't flaunt your gay in front of my face though. But um, I think it takes. Girl, I will flaunt it anywhere, <laughs> literally anywhere. I think it takes just um, knowing someone and um, really taking the time to sure. understand what who they are, and you know, just getting a better perspective on someone else's life That's to good. really be able to give human life. I agree. To understand, oh shit, this is a person. Right. It's not just someone. That, uh, like you said, is disposable. That is disposable. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's the thing, is the black body being viewed as disposable is really at the heart of all of this. Mm-hmm. And, and when America will finally begin to see black people as actual people, right. as actual humans, not as some like comedy mm-hmm. or as some um, uh, cultural... Uh, cultural uh, Thing of value, like, right? What, what, like, oh, so I like black people because they're they're good rappers, or because right. they're this or that or whatever. Like, I mean, when are you going to see them as an actual person that's right. not disposable? The same way that you see a, a white person, mm-hmm. we have to start bringing value to that, and we have to keep having these conversations because we're, we're not clearly we're not having them enough, right? Because if we were, these things wouldn't be happening, exactly. And that's a problem, and that really leads into what we're talking about today with with Get Out, mm-hmm. uh, and like I said, you know, I'm, I'm I said it on Facebook. Uh, if you looked at the comments that we had, I think Get Out is a brilliant movie, um, and I think it's it came out at the right time. Um, and you know, I was, I was listening to another podcast this week, and forgive me if you're listening, I cannot remember the title of your podcast. But they made a really interesting point. Um, you know, would Get Out be would it have the same effect if it came out in 2005? Mm-hmm. You know, or, or even if it came out in 2007 before Obama was president, right? Um, as opposed to right now. You know, is this the right time for this film? Well, we'll uh, get to that. When I think we we're going to dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, so we're going to take a quick break, play yeah. a little sound clip, Absolutely. from Get Out, and then um, we'll be right back to talk about that. Yeah. So thanks a lot, folks. Stick with us. Now. 
sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Welcome back to Friday the 13th. We're here to talk about Get Out. This is a film from 2017. Um, it stars uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Allison Williams, Catherine Keener, and Bradley Whit- Whitford, uh, amongst many other people, but those are kind of the, the biggest names. Um, and basically, yeah. Um, and uh, directed, first time director, Jordan Peele. Um, really made a huge splash, and I know he's kind of raking from that right now. He's getting tons of deals, and he's doing a TV show for, I think, Hulu? I think for Hulu, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's he got a lot out of this. Um, and the reason that we're kind of covering um, Get Out is not only because of you know racism and the topics that this movie brings up. So it's back to our first like, yeah. episode. <laughs> but it's also Oscar Sunday. It so um, we do know that Get Out is nominated for many awards, um, including Best Picture, mm-hmm. which I think um, you have a list here of the other... Horror, well, let's say quote unquote, because some people might yeah, think sure. that these are not all horror movies, but um, the only other horror movies that have been up for Best Picture. Yeah, so really, it's, it's it's an interesting list because you know, my favorite my favorite horror film was on here, The Exorcist, in '74. That was up for Best Picture, mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize that. I, I, I must have forgotten it. Uh, Jaws was up in '76. Silence of the Lambs in '91, which is the only one that's actually won, and it did win that year, rightfully so. I don't, I don't know, I don't remember who it was up against, but I, it's such a great film. Uh, the Sixth Sense in 2000, Black Swan in 2011, and then of course Get Out in 2017. Yeah. Well, for, well, in 2018 yeah. for for the 2017. Yeah, year. yeah, yeah. Um, um, so pretty, pretty incredible list to be included with. Yeah, too, of course. Yeah. Like, kind of like the staples. Incredible. Yeah. And you know, we were talking in the first segment about. You know, why now? Mm-hmm. And, you know, would Get Out have the same effect uh, in, say, 2005? I don't think so, to be honest then? with you. I don't think so either. Andrew, actually, do you want to do this, like, a brief recap of the sure. film? Sure, yeah. So people? Get Out follows... Um... Oh, and wait, before you even go there, just really quick. And this is this is going to be the case for all of our episodes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Our episodes are always going to be spoiler episodes. So if you haven't seen the film, no matter what we're talking about... Well, and at this you point, should you should have first. seen Get Out by now. It's exactly. been out for over a year. But just that we <laughs> yeah, know it's clear. No, totally. and, and for all future episodes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Get Out follows our, our main character, Chris and um, Rose, a, a mixed race couple, going back to meet her parents, uh, the white, the you know, her white parents. Who are very white. Yeah. And, um, you Their know, they kind of live, Armitage, for God's sake. they kind of live this waspy, you know, upscale life. I think he's a neurosurgeon and she's a psychiatrist. So... You know, it really follows kind of his, um, how do you say it? His his nervousness about his, his going back to me. journey there. Yeah. Which he, he should be. I mean, and he's he kind of brings it up to her in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but they go to back to meet his parents. Craziness ensues. We'll get more into it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the setup, the main setup. Yeah, basically. Um, and, and yeah, so it's it's it's. I think it's a really brilliant film, uh, and I, and you know, going back to what we were just talking about, uh, it's I think it's an important film for now mm-hmm. because it is dealing with um, well before it even deals with anything. I think the most important thing is that the film uh, the film it, it, it employs this uh, this trick, especially for white viewers. Yeah, and it makes you look at the problems of racism and the problems of of. Um, 
of taking over the black body, of, of, of commoditizing the black body. And it takes it out of context of Antebellum South. It's not Gone with the Wind. I mean, it's upstate New York. Yeah, right. It's, you know? it's, it's upstate New York, and, and it's modern day. Yeah. This isn't Gone with the Wind, or it's not some movie like set back in the Civil War era. This is a movie now. Right. You, 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 you can't escape it. Um, you, you, you can't escape slavery from, like, with, with, like, the context of, like, Southern charm and, mm-hmm. like, you know, pecan pies and, like, you know, iced tea. Like, it's, it's right in your face. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is in your culture right now. This is where you live. This is who you are. Yeah. And, like, granted, I don't have a house in the, in the Hamptons, but, like, you know, I certainly have plenty of rich white friends. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can... I'm I, not one of them. <laughs> I don't think any of my friends are. No offense. If, if I, I want to get more. I need more friends with boats. That, you know, it's that sort yeah. of thing. Um, but it's, it's impossible to escape the violence that is occurring on screen. Yeah. Because you have to deal with it in context of where you are right now. And I think that's brilliant. Um, you know, Jordan Peele could have made another movie about slavery. Yeah. He could have done that. This film could very well have been set during the Civil War era with, with you know, a, a couple of simple changes. It really mm-hmm. could have been. And it would have been entirely interesting. But the brilliance is that it's taking place now. Yeah. Because it is taking place now. And that's what's so scary about it. Is that you know while of course this is a it, this is sort of a work of like Afrofuturism. I mean obviously this is technology that does not exist that we know of, um, but it's 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 a good analogy to what is happening today, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's terrifying. Yeah, really, it kept me guessing. I'll tell you that much. The first time I saw this, I did not know. I I thought something else, and it ended up really like blowing my mind on like what was actually going on here i was the same way you know i i, I can't you know it's, it's been a long time since i first saw it and i yeah. did see it in the theater so i can't remember exactly like what i thought was going to happen but i remember when when it all finally comes down i was really surprised really yeah. amazed actually and it's funny because i actually i had only seen this once before sure. um and i gave it a rewatch this morning just yeah. to like um, I wasn't as hot on it when I very first saw it. Um, mm. I think that I, I, for one, did not see it in the theater. I waited until it came out um, on like VOD or Blu-ray or whatever, mm-hmm. and then watched it. And by that time, I had heard so many people like talk about this movie and hyped it up so much that I think I went in with like these expectations. And the first time I saw it, I was, I, I still thought it was really good, but mm-hmm. I wasn't like blown away yeah sure but i will tell you on on a rewatch and you're you're seeing kind of the conversations and you you already know what's going to happen at the end and some of the things he sprinkles in there it's kind of brilliant i mean the whole party scene um it's probably one of my favorite this is kind of there are two scenes in this movie i really want to talk about um the one is the party scene where he's kind of being paraded around um to all these people with illnesses and elderly people because like they're looking to bid on his body, basically. Um, and he goes to go upstairs to go check on something or check his phone or something. And as soon as he goes upstairs, everyone goes silent. Mm. And they're all like watching, what is he doing? Where is he going? Interesting. It's really riveting. Yeah. And then the other scene that I really loved was when he is confronted by, um, oh, what was her name? Georgina, oh, the, Georgina. the, oh, the housekeeper. Um, she kind of has like a mini breakdown in front of her or in front of him um, where she's, you know, the person inside is trying to come out. Um, but the mother-in-law is still in charge uh, and it's just so like the battle in her creepy. face is so it's, it's great. I mean, really, really both of those characters, Georgina and Walter. Um, and, and if you don't remember, those are the, those are the two characters. Uh, the, Walter, the groundskeeper. Walter is the groundskeeper. Yeah. Georgina is the housekeeper. 
And those are obviously two black people that had been abducted by the family and lobotomized. And yeah, it's basically the, the grandmother and the grandfather of the white people. process mm-hmm. they went through and they were overtaken by these white spirits. It, yeah. It's absolutely, it's it's terrifying. Do you know, you know what movie this um, kind of reminds me of and has Please kind of me. like a similar premise? Have you Please. ever seen The Skeleton Key? Oh, With Kate Hudson? Oh my God. It's kind so of an, an interesting take on this. It's much more into... Um, Tell me more about this. Well, it's much more into the kind of like the Southern culture and um, the religion mm-hmm. down there and you know, curses and like that kind of stuff. Sure. So it's a little more like rooted in Southern. Yeah. But it's got a similar idea where you're basically taking over the body of another yeah, person so right, you can right, live right. longer. And, you know, it's, it's speaking of like the, you know, speaking of like the, um, like the, the, the creepy effect mm-hmm. um, that, that, that Jordan Peele wanted to take place. So you're thinking about Skeleton Key and films like that. Um, the uh, some interesting things that you, that you can learn from the director's commentary mm-hmm. uh, that Jordan Peele obviously does is uh, the uh, the the theme music that that begins the film in the opening credits. Um, uh, the uh, the African words that are being spoken there, and the the song is called Sikaliza Kwa Wahenga, and I'm sure I just butchered that in my, in my <laughs> Chicago accent. Um, but all the all the words basically boil down to listen to your ancestors something bad is coming, run away, get out. Yikes. And it's just this creepy, beautiful music yeah. um, that really sets the tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, that, and that really should get your mind thinking from the beginning. Yeah. Who am I looking at? Right. What are the questions that I should be asking? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's even some really interesting things that he brings up in that commentary too about, about, um, uh, about Rose, the character that Allison Williams plays. And Rose, brilliantly, by the way. Oh, brilliantly. Yeah. And Rose, of course, is Chris's girlfriend. And when they're on the way up to see her parents, uh, and they're driving up, she's driving, and they hit the deer. Um, yeah, I have some stuff to say. To you're say right, about sure, this, but... sure. And so after they hit the deer, you know, he goes to check to see what's going on with the deer, and then a police officer comes, and the policeman um, sees her license because she was driving, and then he asks for Chris's license, and uh, Rose, of course, is like, "Well, wait a minute. He wasn't driving. He, has he, nothing he didn't to do, do with anything. This, yeah. Why do you need to see his license?" And one of the things that um, that uh, that Jordan Peele brings up is that actually she's doing that on purpose, mm-hmm. and 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 we, and if you look closely at it, it's really interesting because what she's trying to do is she's trying to block the police officer from knowing his name. Because oh, I didn't even take that that she way. She knows yeah. that he's obviously well. She knows what the plans for him yeah. are with, with 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 her family, and so it's this really like brilliant thing. I didn't take that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's and interesting. No, I it's, like that. It's it's brilliant because you know she does such a great job, and Jordan Peele does a great job of directing her, and and the screenplay is so good. Which, by the way, it's up for best screenplay. The screenplay is so good that you put yourself in her shoes, right? You know, as as a white person, and once again, Andrew and I are both white. Um, and, and I remember watching it and, and thinking like, oh, that's where I would be too. Yeah. You know, I, I would be doing the same thing with if I had a black boyfriend and we were driving up to, you know, through wherever, through a very But your white intentions part of the are country. much different, like for the reason why. Doing I would that. certainly yeah. hope so, right? <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't have that crazy family. Um, my, family um... my family's crazy, but in a very different way, trust me. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's really interesting stuff. Yeah. So speaking and, of Allison Williams, can yeah, we talk sure. a little bit about the cast? Please, yeah. So like the top build cast here, obviously, is uh, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Allison Williams, Catherine Keener, and Bradley Whitford. And of course, Daniel Kaluuya is up for best actor mm-hmm. as well. Which I, I t- talked to you earlier about this. Um, I was actually really surprised that Allison Williams was not also nominated. Tell me I, about I think that. that she is just like so brilliant in this. She plays that character. When, when she does that turn, it is... And she, let's be honest here, she's like 
pretty much the creepiest person to ever eat cereal. Sure, my God. <laughs> like she... You mean piece by piece? Yeah. Like the, the only time that I eat Separating cereal, the colors? The only time that I oh. eat cereal piece by piece is when I'm absolutely wasted. Yeah. And it's like the end of the night. It's like two in the morning and I will eat the marshmallows and she, from Lucky Charms. But did you notice all these little things in that segment? She yeah. won't mix the milk with the, with the yeah. cereal. She, she has to have it separate. And out of a straw. Yeah. When is the last time you had milk out of a goddamn straw? Right. It's, it's just a, one of those. It's, it's like, like gross it's those little that. tiny things that when you rewatch this movie, yeah. you pick up on that Jordan Peele kind of just sprinkled Absolutely. in there, and it's just really great. Right. Um, and I think Catherine Keener and Bradley Whitford as the parents are great. I love that line that she basically feeds to him, where he's, you know, they're at the beginning um, at the house, and she's like, you know, my dad would have voted for Obama for a third term if he could have, and then that's like one of the first things he says to him. It's just like, come on. It's so good. Yeah, and it, you know, it's 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 just, it, it was it's absolutely terrifying. Yeah, it really is, um, because the the I mean, the, the, obviously the, the the technology that that family is employing on the people that they abduct doesn't exist as far as we know, um, but the uh, the the commoditizing of black bodies does, mm-hmm. and and to go it's right all back it's to all it, a commentary. I mean, and it, it's done it's done really well. It's done extremely well, and and I I don't know I, I think it's I think it's really no I do know I, I think it's really good that this is a film I don't think it's going to win um, no I don't I I I'm happy it's been nominated do I think it's sure. going to win anything maybe screenplay good um but I don't I don't think it stands a chance I mean I I think it's interesting right I think like you know when we look back at last year's Oscars when um when the 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 crazy. <laughs> Uh, fiasco around uh, Warren Beatty and who was he up there with? Oh, that's basic. Completely, like, that's completely basic. different. Who was he up there with? I don't remember. I can't remember. But it was Warren Beatty and whoever was was announcing. They, they were announcing Best Picture, and um, oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Faye Dunaway, Faye Dunaway, and Warren Beatty. They were. Thank you, producer Michael, for writing that note down. You might have heard him furiously scribbling down with a sharpie in the background. Uh, Faye Dunaway, Warren Beatty. They're they're announcing Best Picture last year. And they're given the envelope, and they announce La La Land as the winner. Which is and so course, strange. It doesn't of, say that anywhere exactly. on the Exactly. And of course, La La Land all goes up there, and everyone's super happy, and, and you know, whatever. And then the the director from La La Land, or somebody, I can't he's like, no. Like, he must have been the director, or, or the producer. He's, he goes up to the microphone, and he says, no, actually, it's Moonlight. Moonlight and won. very clearly, on the piece of paper... <laughs> It says Moonlight. And it's definitely just to a Steve Hartman moment. You, if you have not seen Moonlight, which you absolutely should, it's a beautiful, beautiful film. Um, not just about LGBT uh, love and struggles, but also about uh, people of color who, who also happen to be LGBT and their own struggles, which are very different and very unique yeah. in, in our culture. Um, and what, what, what was great about it is that it won. It actually did win. What was awful about it is that their moment was fucking it's shadowed, hijacked. yeah, and and it's ridiculous, and it, you 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 can't help but look at that and say that you know what, it's hijacked because everything is just such bullshit sometimes, yeah, and uh, not even sometimes it just is, yeah. like what the fuck, man. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it, I, it, that happened. I'm, I'm just I'm glad that a movie that is so much about people of color was nominated, yeah, for um, sure. because it is so much about the struggle. And it is so it is so close to what's happening right now yeah. um, that I'm glad that the Academy is looking at that and going, you know what, this is this is this is important. Yeah. We need to talk about this, and this is an important moment in film history mm-hmm. that we are talking about it. Yeah. Now, can we talk about some of the things I have some problems with in this yeah, movie? Yeah, please, let's go. Um, because, I have because yeah, that's the thing; it's it's not perfect. I have a big problem with the deer scene. 
Oh, tell me why. <laughs> if you hit a deer like that, oh, your no, car no, is no. going to be obliterated. <laughs> well, okay, okay, so first of all, when that deer comes across, that deer literally like flies across yeah, the windshield. It looks like a squirrel, like a yeah, flying squirrel. As though it was like shot out of a deer gun, like going across like, yeah. the, the, the fucking road. And that didn't make any sense to me. It would, uh, let me tell you, I am from northern Michigan. Because we, we've hit deer. Yeah, have you hit a deer before? I have never personally but I've been in a car that's right, hit a sure. deer. Yeah. And it. It destroys your car. Not only that, but it would have destroyed the animal. Yeah, the animal's just like laying there, like with a like, broken neck, and it's like, no, that dark, that deer would be like That's obliterated. <laughs> and it, it's it, it's it's still alive. I mean, if, if you ever hit a deer, and I'm sure some of you out there unfortunately have, it's bad. Yeah, they would so, not yeah, be able to like drive that car, like just drive away, right. like the. The headlight isn't even broken. Yeah, I know. that. That's definitely a problem. Um, and then the only other thing that I kind of... I don't know if I see it as a problem, but it's just me. like a, a personal thing. Yeah. I don't think we need the first five minutes. I don't think we needed the setup of the guy. Oh, of Andre. Yeah. I, I think actually it would have been more... Huh, interesting. I think it would have been more um, surprising if he would have showed up at that party. Oh. And you have no context of like why he is there. I think you that know, would have been more mystery. Me, I, I sort of want to watch the film again going straight past those first yeah. five minutes. And it doesn't make sense either because he is on the phone. It's really interesting. He's on the phone with his girlfriend at the time when yeah. he's abducted. Right. So why, is he, so why is he there? Well, was it Allison though? No. It wasn't Allison, no. No. Why is know? he... So I think it's because that's how the what brother... Does, what does Rod say about that? Because Rod Rod talks about Andre yeah. going missing. Does he say... No, no. He just said that, that she used to... Or he used to go out with the girl at the movie theater. All right, I like. think I, we should look into that more because that, that would be really interesting to... to but do you know what I mean? About. Like, wouldn't it be I more do, interesting yeah. if, like, you hadn't seen any black people up until that point and then all of a sudden there's one at the party and you're yeah, like... That, that would be interesting. Wait, who, who is this? Who like, the hell are you and yeah. why are you here? And why are you acting so strange? Yeah, that that's interesting to think so, about. So those are kind of my only like two big things. I, I did have a couple of acting problems. I have a big problem with the brother. Oh, uh, you mean Caleb, uh, Caleb, uh, what's his name? Uh, Caleb Landry Jones? Yeah. With, uh, his name is Jeremy. So in the Armitage family, there are four people that we see. It's Rose Armitage, who's played by Allison Williams. It's Missy Armitage by Catherine Keener. Dean, who's played by Bradley Whitford, who's the dad. And then Jeremy, who's paid, played by Caleb Landry Jones. I have a significant problem with Caleb Landry Jones in any role he plays. Yeah. And I want you to do this test. I want you to look at early Brad Pitt acting and then compare it to what Caleb Landry Jones does in oh, every single thing that he does on screen. And he's basically, like, it, it's like he went to a master class for Brad Pitt acting <laughs> and, like, studied it and got it into his head and can't ever escape it. Yeah. And it drives me up the fuck. I just wall. like that whole dinner scene where he's like grilling him oh, and asking terrible. about like jujitsu and like I'm just like this is so weird. And 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 honestly like his voice I, mean, I guess it does fit like like the very creepy white man brother the whatever bro kind of thing. It, but he doesn't fit into that. But family. but he doesn't even fit into that very well. Like, like he, just, this I, whole family is like giving up this facade right. so that they can lure people in. Yeah. And he just doesn't fit. I don't know. It just doesn't. He doesn't work. For yeah, me. and I, and honestly, like I said, I just I, I can't take his acting. It just it yeah. really drives me up the wall. It's it's really hard to like take him seriously at all because I just I just see him indicating in everything, and I I just don't like that. Yeah, I really don't like that. I think it's inauthentic. I think it's silly. Um, and honestly, he's he's also in another film um, that's up for best picture right now called Three Billboards outside. Oh, he's uh, not. I didn't know he was whatever in whatever town in Missouri. 
um, which is a film that, frankly, I could not stand. We'll talk about that more later. I th- I um, not, you're not the first person that said that. No. I've also heard a lot of people give it a lot of praise. Sure. So I you think know, it's I, a very divisive. I, I, I think in that film, I think Francis McDormand was, was a gem. I think Woody Harrelson was great. But I think Caleb Andrew Jones in that specific movie, too, played the same sort of trope. Sure. And I, I can't take it. So, yeah, yeah I th- I, that, that was my biggest problem with this film. Oh, yeah. Sure. And then the other thing I have written down here is that scene where the um, Walter comes running at him. Oh, yeah. His, I'm like, would you not react a little more? <laughs> like, so much. It's, I mean, first, okay, first of all, it's, it's a great scene. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, oh, no, I love it. It's, it's just so like, creepy. he just stands there. And I'm like, if someone came full speed at yeah. me like a fucking tank, yeah. I probably would like run away. Well, I mean, like, okay, like, like Andrew and I, we're, we're both runners. We both run yeah. mul- multiple marathons. And like, you know, and looking at, thinking of Walter in that movie, like, I'm actually sort of his size. And if I saw myself running <laughs> at, at myself full speed with arms like fucking Terminator, yeah. I would like die immediately. I know. So like, yeah, it was it was terrifying. I and also I hear that people are actually like doing that in real life right now. Have you heard about this? No. Yeah. It's like, like it's like an internet. Thing? It's like a new like teenager thing, like like teenager like like the challenge, like all chicken, that, all that kind of like, shit, like chicken. Yeah. Like they're running at people like that and then immediately turning the corner. Which listen, don't do that. You should not be doing that to people. Just be smarter, people. Because you're going to be get smarter. punched or something terrible. Like, don't do that. Between that and Tide Pods, I mean, come on. Let's get out of here. Eat the candy Tide Pods, yeah. not the real ones. Um, and I think the only other thing that I said that I had a question and I want to get your opinion on is, so in the kind of like first half, I guess, um, Catherine Keener's character puts him into the hypnosis. Mm. Why doesn't she just take Quit him smoking. then? Why doesn't she just like leave him in the sunken place then? Uh, I don't know. Like, does she have to, like, do a test to see if they're, like, susceptible to that? Is Maybe. that what it is? I mean, well, well, I, I, well, one thing I would think about there is that I mean, he wouldn't be as, um, I guess he wouldn't be as sellable to all of their guests. If she hadn't already, like... If she, if she had already put him in the second place, because uh, they need to see how he moves, they need to see how he eats, they need to see how he... Um, how physical he is, yeah. I, you know how how he speaks, sure. how, how everything. I guess I just, I guess I, it doesn't make sense to me that she wouldn't just like, like get rid of, like get, just keep him there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's almost like she's 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 working to establish control from the very beginning. Um, and I guess. I, yeah. I, I, I guess I wondered too, like how far this like tech, like how far this technology really goes, like because and, we see with Georgina and Walter throughout right. the movie that they're not fully under control. Right. So does she have to continually do hypnosis? Well, I think on she them? I think it depends on the So with the hypnosis a lot of times it's either you're very susceptible or not as much. So I think it probably caters to each person yeah, differently. Sure. I mean, we see it with Andre at the party he kind of breaks and that's when he's like get out, get out, get out. Right, and then she right. takes him into a room and reestablishes and then he's back. Exactly. So oh, yeah, duh. That's you know, right. it's all it's all those times that like the flash of the camera. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it's, it's pretty cool, but yeah. there's just a couple questions that I had around that kind of stuff. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to bring up is, have you seen the alternate ending? No, I haven't. You have not. Okay. You have to watch it. Um, well, so tell, tell us about it now. So the alternate ending is basically, it picks up right where he is basically choking Allison Williams and she gives us that like sinister smile. Um, but in this one, I believe she actually does die. Oh, really? But then... As the as the flashing lights pull up, it's actually police, and they they um, take him in, and he goes to prison, and he his friend um, I can't remember Rod. his friend Rod, Rod comes to visit him in the prison, and he's trying to tell him like you know tell me more about what happened I'm trying to help you out, and he's Chris is pretty much just like I just had to stop it I just had to stop it oh my God. and the movie ends with him just being in prison wow which I think 
I actually, I kind of like that darker ending, to be honest with you. I think the ending is taken a little bit too slapsticky. Wow. And um, I, we, we, we should watch this this morning, so it's really fresh to me. But um, the end, when you look at like him riding away like with his friend, I'm like, how does he get out of this? Yeah, like, know, he right? just like killed a house right. full of people, and he's the only survivor. That is really interesting to think about. I, I, I think the darker ending would have, I think, well, I think the ending as it is, I think it works. Yeah, it's fine. But the darker ending would have been... That's like a gut punch. Devastating. Yeah. I wonder I wonder why Jordan Peele didn't pick that one. The only thing I can think of is maybe it didn't play well with test audiences. Well, I'm and, sure it didn't because yeah. it's it's dark as fuck. That happens a lot with like when the, you know, the production company steps in and makes those kind of decisions. Well, but that's get out. Yeah, get out. So, so of um, course it's Oscar Sunday. We'll see what happens. Uh, this episode will be dropping later tonight, so probably during the Oscars really, so we don't know what's going to happen yet. Um, but oh. terribly exciting to have it up for Best Picture yeah. and Best Actor and Best Director and Best Screenplay. And just a rundown of the other awards. It was up for Best Picture and Best Actor at Golden Globes, Best Screenplay and Best Actor at BAFTA, and Best Cast and Best Lead Actor at the SAG Awards. So uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Yeah. All right. And so we'll be right back with our special segment, What You Been Watching, Bitch? What You Been Watching, Bitch? Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious. All right, and we're back. What are we back with? What you been watching, bitch? Bitch, what you been watching? So right now we're just going to talk about a few of the movies and uh, TV shows that we just want to throw out there that you should check out. No. Um... If you don't mind, I'll start. Yeah, please. So the first movie I want to talk about um, is from 2018. It actually came out in 2017, did the whole circuit, and then now it's being on VOD. And um, that's Tragedy Girls. Hmm. Um, Tragedy Girls, I don't want to give too much away because it is Wait, a really... Wait, is this streaming right now? Um, it's on VOD. You can okay. rent it. Um, I don't want to give too much away because there's a huge premise in there that if you know too much, you kind of loses it for you. Um, but all I'll say about it is it's uh, about two girls trying to get famous for basically being serial murderers. Kind of like us. Yeah. Like, except the murder part. Except for the murder Got part. Got it. Okay. Um, but it's, it's really well acted. I really liked it quite a bit. Definitely check it out. Okay, cool. Uh, what's next for you? Um, and then the next one, um, I just caught two of these movies on Netflix, and I just want to throw them out there. Um, Killing Ground, which okay. is an Australian movie. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of plays with time a little bit, but it's basically about how pretty much every man in Australia is a rapist and a murderer. Oh my God. So <laughs> there's some stuff in there that's you know, really... We, we, we do have a listener in Australia. I, Her name I know. is Claire. Claire, we will uh, I think we have two, actually. Two. Yeah, Claire and Mark, Gavin, Mark Harrison. Oh, and Mark Harrison. We'll rely on you to uh, talk about the accuracy yeah. of this film. Yeah. Um, there's some stuff in there to do with a toddler that's really disturbing. Oh um it's pretty hard watch, but so it's... Let's, let's not watch this with our kids. Then. Yeah, exactly. Got but it, it. it's still really good. Sounds and then good. just the last one I want to throw out there um, is Boys in the Trees. Boys in the Trees, um, which is actually also an Australian movie. You know, I've, uh, I've watched a similar film. I think yeah. um, it might have a different premise. Than um, it, basically, right Boys now. in the Trees is uh, about these two kids that were really good friends um, when they were younger, but have since grown apart. And on Halloween night, they take a stroll together, and just kind of what happens from there. I see your face. It's not like that. I'm just saying, the way you're describing it, it sounds like there's going to be a kiss in there somewhere. No. All right, well, maybe, um, maybe there should be. It's 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 actually really, it's really great. Um, it's a little long. It's almost two hours. Um, but 
I really, really liked it. It took a turn that I was not expecting, and um, it actually turned out to be a very um, touching horror movie. Okay, cool. Um, the pick that I have right now is one that a lot of you may have already started or already finished. It is very binge-worthy. It's on Netflix. It's called Dark. And Dark is a Netflix series. It has 11 episodes. It is in German. So if you're into subtitles, this is your kind of... Uh, your kind of uh, show. Your kind of show. I've um, not watched this yet. It, it's wonderful. It's, it's sort of like the German version of Stranger Things, mm-hmm. um, but just like not funny at all. It's, 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 it's really pretty serious. Um, and it's a lot about time, um, and it sort of goes back and forth in time, and it's the same sort of thing where like children are like suddenly disappearing, um, and there's a supernatural reason no one can quite figure it out, mm-hmm. um, and the kids figure it out. So it, yeah, it's it sounds really, like I would like it. I yeah, mean, I'm sure it's it's really really good. I think the acting too is really really great. Um, the main character is is uh, is Jonas, who's played by Lewis Hoffman, who's done some other uh, pretty cool German films that I've seen. Um, really really great. Um, he, he's he's wonderful. Um, so give this a watch. It's it's definitely worth it. Um, I, I would also really encourage you to watch it with the subtitles. The, the, the American dubbing is kind of... Oh, it's dubbed. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 well, not the American, the English dubbing is... Um, it's a little silly. Yeah. Uh, as most English dubs Sometimes are. that takes me out of it. It really does. Yeah. It's, you know, if, 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 it's, a, it's the kind of show, like, put down your phone, put down your iPad. Pay attention. Pay attention. Like, just, like, get into it. Take some time for yourself and watch a damn show for an hour. Um, it's great. I really loved it. I think you might too. Yeah. So um, give all of our picks a try and make sure to go onto our Facebook page and tell us what you think about Please. these movies. And, and tell shows. us what else you're watching. Yeah, too. because we are always looking for stuff to watch and stuff to do reviews on. Mm-hmm. And we always look to our listeners to tell us what they want to hear. So give them a watch um, and we'll be right back with our movie Veronica. Welcome back to Friday the 13th, and we are here with some more uh, reviews in horror and media, and we're talking about the newest supernatural thriller on Netflix called Veronica. 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 This just came out. Uh, people are really excited about it, um, and it got really hyped. And in fact, one of the articles that I read about it uh, just last week called it The Exorcist for Our Generation. And while I won't go that far, I do think that it's pretty interesting. Um, basically what it's about, uh, it takes place in Madrid, in Spain, uh, in 1991. and uh, Supposedly girl... based on a true story. It was, yeah, supposedly based on a true story. Uh, and Veronica is uh, not only the titular character, but she's a girl who... Uh, is besieged by evil spirits after she consults a Ouija board with two of her friends. Um, Veronica comes from um, a a bit of a troubled family. I hate to use that phrase, but there it is. Um, Her father has died. Her mother works in a bar all day. And she has to uh, not only go to school and and, grow and be a a responsible person, but also take care of of, of her three siblings. Two of those are twins, and one of them is a little boy. Um, so the uh, the movie that ensues from there is definitely spooky. Mm-hmm. There are some really crazy moments that I definitely had to look away from the screen. Yeah, and we or should say that cover um, my eyes. She when they do this uh, Ouija board, it's during an eclipse. It's also during an eclipse, so, yeah, which becomes a major motif throughout the entire right. movie. 
So that's basically what the movie's about. Um, and it was definitely creepy. Andrew, do you think it's the next exorcist for our generation? You know what? I, I think this movie, I think the way I phrased it is it's a brilliant mess. Mm. Um, it's got tons of great ideas. Sort of like me. <laughs> it's got tons of great ideas. Um, it does, I, I'll tell you, in the first the first kind of wakes of the Ouija board moment where there's these camera angles where you keep thinking that something is going to pop out and you're totally on the edge of your seat. And I just wish it kind of hung with that theme yeah. for a little bit longer. I think it gives itself away a little too early. Yeah, sure. Um, and I, the way that they play with... It's shot beautifully. Um, this is this movie's directed by Paco Plaza. He's kind of famous um, for the Rex series, mm-hmm. um, which then got remade in America as Quarantine. Sure. Um, the biggest difference there is that um, Paco Plaza likes to play around with um, uh, religion a lot yeah. uh, and move, and put those into his like spooky movies as sure. kind of the plot device, yeah. um, the thing that moves people forward. And um, we know with Spanish culture and with Mexican culture that the the deep rooted Catholicism is well, with, still, with, with with Hispanic and, and yeah, and, and I mean it's Latino it's it's much well like it's still very much revered, deep, deeply rooted. Yeah, it's just. They take it much more seriously. Sure. Um, and you can kind of see that in this movie when the mom figures out that she's been playing with a Ouija board. She's like, why would you ever mess with this stuff? Sure. Like, this is real. Like, you oh, can't yeah. do this stuff. And I mean, you know, I, I grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, growing, growing up Catholic, and especially we, we grew up Croatian Catholic, so, you know, sort of old country Catholic, um, you grow up with myths being a real part right. of, of, of who you are and, and how life is lived. And so when The Exorcist uh, came out, I, I, I wasn't even born then, of course, but uh, my mother would not let my other siblings watch it. Um, and when I was a when I was a young person, um, she wouldn't let me bring a DVD of it in, into the house even. Yeah. So I mean, we we took possession seriously. Yeah. You know, for us growing up, if you play with a Ouija board, if you play with tarot cards, if you did this, if you did that, you put yourself at risk for possession. So for us, for my very large crazy Catholic family. Possession was a real thing in the world. Mm-hmm. We lived with it as a reality. Yeah. And we lived, honestly, in fear of it. Which is interesting, growing up as an LGBT person, um, thinking that, you know, is this is this an actual, like, demonic problem that I have? Yeah. Is this something that I have to be really worried about? How much do I have to pray about this? So, so you know, really any movie about religion in this sort of way, is, it always kind of... Um, it turns on that uh, that that window for me uh, sure. of thinking about it again. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting film to delve into. Well, what did you what did you think of it? Uh, I, th- I thought it was good. Um, you know, like I said, I, I don't think it's the Exorcist for our generation. No, it's, it's nowhere near that scary. Um, the Exorcist is definitely. We've talked about this before. The Exorcist is my favorite horror film of all time. I think it's I think it's brilliant. I think um, I think uh, Billy Friedkin just did an incredible job with it. I think the acting was incredible, yeah. especially for for, sure. for 1973. See, my, my history with The Exorcist is way different. Oh, I, um, I didn't see The Exorcist until it came out in theaters that second that time around. Re-issue? In like 2000. When she does the crab walk yeah. and everything. Yeah. Oh my God. So I think at the time when I saw The Exorcist, I was already old enough um, and have seen so many scary movies sure. that it just didn't hit me as hard as I probably would have seen it as yeah, a kid. Sure, sure. I mean, take a movie like Candyman, for instance. Yeah. I saw that when I was very young, and it scarred me for of life. Did. I used God. to go. I remember after watching Candyman, I would I refused to go into the bathroom. I would actually go outside to go <gasps> to the bathroom for like a week after watching that movie. Even for number two, no, seasons? of course not. But okay, good. <laughs> but it was just it scared me so bad. 
And The Exorcist didn't really do that for me, but I think it was because at the time that I watched it. Now, did you grow up religious? Mm, We grew up Methodist, I would say, um, for the first 10 years or so of my life. I mean, I went to BBS. I did all the the Methodist things you do. Um, You know, kids, the kids' school and the church picnics and all that stuff. But um, after my mom divorced, um, my my first dad... um, then we kind of fell off religion. Yeah, sure. Um, we would still probably go to um, like Christmas mass um, and that kind of stuff, but no, religion wasn't a huge play in my life. It was. It wasn't deeply ingrained it, into the exactly. daily life of your existence. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And and I think that's that's that that is what it is for the, for the characters in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these, it's real. These, these kids go to a, to a Catholic school in in Madrid. Um, there is a very creepy nun named Sister Narcisa. Who um, helps uh, Veronica? Does she help her? Well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of had a moment with her character where I was like, "If you know all of this stuff, just help her." Yeah. Like, right. why are you just like dancing around this issue? She blind. <laughs> she can't see her. Well, She's she can see beyond her. the veil. That's why she made herself. Blind. She can't see in front of it. That's yeah. for damn sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this is a movie. I, I think that really is a lot about religion. I definitely think it's worth a watch. Like, it's no, no. there are some creepy moments. Like I said before, the camera work. In some of this part, like the part where she's walking down, but everyone else is in, um, they're going backwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot of really great stuff in here. Well, and not to mention, it, it, it's about 40 minutes into the film, and sirens go by in Studio Chicago. About 40 minutes into the film, though, um, when, when the possession is sort of full on, and when she sees her dad coming out of the room for the first time, yeah. and then she falls back into the bed, and all the arms, the arms, her. oh, it's ab- th- that part was was seriously terrifying. Yeah, and then that's when you first start. And that's kind of like what I wanted. Veronica, I wanted more Veronica, of that. Veronica Champ. I wanted. I feel more like of they, too. you know, not to. They, they kind of blew their load a little too early. I think. I, I, I think so too. I, I think. I think you know. I think you said brilliant mess or beautiful mess. You said brilliant mess. Yeah, brilliant mess. I think is a good way to look at it. I think it's. It's it's a it's a movie of some really great scenes that I think maybe could have used a little bit more organization. Yeah, yeah, I'd and, say so. And maybe and you know I, th- I think blowing your load is, is actually sort of a good way to look at this. Like you just sort of, sort of blew it too early. Yeah. And, and a little too often. Um, you know, like we were. I, I needed it to be a little bit more consistent throughout the film to build towards something. Yeah, I just I super. Scary I love the atmosphere at the beginning, and then it kind of just. Sure. And all that stuff happens, and then it's kind of just a consistent uh, blase from there. It's, like, it's 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 a lot of spikes. Yeah, you know, like it's it's you know. So after that scene that I just talked about, where the, the dad comes out and then she falls into the bed and the arms grab her, then you know, not too long after that is the scene where the kids come in and jump on the bed, yeah. and start eating her, yeah. which is it, it was it was it's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Like, it's 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 one of the scenes for me. As a thirty-five-year-old grown man, I had to seriously cover my well, they, face. I, I was I could so not watch like it. because this movie's not like it's not gory. No, it's but not. in that part where it literally shows her skin like ripping away inside right. that little kid's mouth, I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, it, was, it was absolutely awful. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was. It was really scary. And I, I think you know, talking about what makes this film scary, and thinking about what about films, what about horror films specifically. Um, and religion, why those things become so scary. I yeah. think it's really interesting. We were talking about this earlier today, off podcast, about how you know people um, in our generation um, and and above and below, whatever you know, people just sort of of the modern world. Um, you know, we we're, we're mostly a culture now of nuns, right? And mm-hmm. not N U N S, but N O N E S, nuns. People who don't really identify with any particular religion, who don't go to church on a regular basis if at all mm-hmm. or, or temple or you know or, or whatever 
Um, it's, it's people who are, you know, sort of spiritual but not religious or not spiritual at all. And that's, that is, that's a reality. Where, yeah. That's where we're heading right now. So why are these films about religious, um, about religious uh, uh, themes like possession, why are they so scary to us still? I don't know. You know, is it, is it something that speaks to just that, um, that, that deep core of, of, of humans that, that really desire and long for myth? Yeah, you know, know, is it is it something about about religion that just keeps us coming back? I mean, why are people religious at all? You know, across time for humanity, I think it's something really interesting to think about. Sure, in this culture of folks that don't really, they're not really excited about Christianity anymore. Mm-hmm. But why does it still freak us out? Yeah, you know, it's something interesting to think about. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to bring up that kind of bothered me about this movie. Sure, um, the opening and the lack of urgency by the detective and the other police officers is staggering. They all just kind of stand there. <laughs> they just like are walking. And I'm like this person called you and is screaming over the phone. I mean it's Spain. They had to stop for tapas, <laughs> they had to stop for a little bit of wine, some jamón. I mean they had to take their time to get Do you there. know what I mean? Like did you no, get no, that I get sense? Like, I, I absolutely get that. I I honestly thought that um at the beginning of the movie the detective that was going in was actually like in the aftermath of all of this. I didn't think that it was happening during all yeah, of this sure. because he was moving with such a, like a blase face like mm-hmm. like he just there's no sense of urgency and it like really bugged me yeah that, that's i think well i think it's buggable um and but then too the the thing that really drove me nuts about the movie is what sister narcisa tells veronica and it's sort of like it replays over and over again and she says you have to do right what you did wrong mm-hmm. what did she do wrong I think it all goes back to that culture of like Ouija board, um, so where there's like a set of rules that you're supposed yeah, right. to follow, um, where you're always supposed to say goodbye. Um, I, I, didn't, I never knew that about like the hymn thing though, yeah, like, I, that I they had that to like either. sing a song. Yeah, t- tell us more about that. Well, it's it's basically um, it says in the rules of the Ouija board that you have to always say goodbye and that you have to sing a happy hymn or a happy tune to like close out the spirit world. And he will raise <laughs> you up. I mean, I, I, I've actually, I've never heard the hymn thing. And no, I, I haven't I either. I've played Ouija plenty yeah. and I, I know you have too. And I, I did know about the goodbye thing. Yeah, I did too. Um, but I guess, you know, the, the problem that I have with, with the you have to do right, you have to do right what you did wrong. The, the problem that I have with that line is just that it's so, like, especially because going back, it, it, when it comes to, to the bed scenes with the blood, it suddenly like goes to like this young girl getting her period for the yeah. first time. Yeah. And so then it becomes sort of this movie about sexuality and it's, you know, sort of Barely. Like growing up. Yeah. A little bit, though yeah. it does. And I don't know. I, I just, I, I think that that line was strange. Yeah. If it, that's not, that's like that going back to what I was saying about the nun. Like, if right. you know, just tell her. I know. Exactly. Like, don't give me a riddle. Yeah, because you know, the, 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 she doesn't have time. She's got to raise three kids. Yeah. She doesn't have time for a fucking riddle. Yeah. Like, let's get to the point. Let's help her. If you're going to help her, really help her. Yeah. So, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It's, and the only, the only other thing that I had a problem with is there's this scene where she goes to her best friend's house to, like, basically say, like, I need you to help me. You guys you guys did the seance with me to begin with. I need you to help me close it out. And they're having a party. And, yeah. Um, she goes running around the the party saying, where is Diana? Where is Diana? And everyone's looking at her like, who the fuck is Diana? Yeah, no, right. And I'm like, she's fucking the second host of this party and you don't know who she is? <laughs> like, what? you know who this girl is. And for a second, for a, a split second, I was like, oh my God, has Diana been dead the whole time? Right, right. And I'm like, I'm thinking way too much yeah, about I this. Know. I know. You know, it's uh, drugs. Yeah. Young people and drugs. I a serious it. problem. And then... um. 
the one thing I wanted to know is that have you ever done that with an eclipse? I've never heard of looking through a film strip to shade your eyes from the eclipse. And so interesting about the eclipse, this the the last big eclipse, at least in America, that we were able to see was was uh, in 2017. It happened out on my birthday, August 21st. So I went to Nashville, where you could see the full thing on for for uh, for an extended period of time. Um, and we had the, like there was like a, a big telescope that somebody mm-hmm. had set up, and you could like view the shadow. Thing, I mean, I've made really like cool. the boxes that you kind of yeah, like look through, and, like and that I, stuff. I had the special yeah. glasses and everything else. But in that time, I didn't hear anything about looking through a film strip. No, and I didn't know if that was just like a '90s thing because that does play, take place in 1991. It does so. in '91, and like maybe that is actually the case, but. I mean, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to do it. I know. I'm not going to risk that because that sounds a little dangerous. And I was totally waiting, and I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I was totally waiting for one of the kids to have the negative that had the picture of her father Ugh, on it. That would have been so good. But I don't think that it ever happened. That would have been so good. Um, but all the kids do a great job of acting. They did a great job. Um, my, f- my favorite thing in this movie is that no one, except for the mom to the, a little bit of an extent, no one questions what's going on here. Yeah. They all just believe her, yeah, which right. I'm really happy about because like, if my older sister told me something was coming for us, I would just fucking believe her. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Did you sort of want Penelope Cruz to just show up in the film at all? Just <laughs> that, a little bit. She's too busy with assassination. Come on, Gio Versace. come on, please. Yeah. Come on. It is dynamite. Yeah. Um, she would have been great in it. Um, no. Uh, oh, and one more thing. Um, sure. I loved the soundtrack. I, soundtrack, I, soundtrack was great. I love that kind of like actually synthy... the soundtrack to this really reminded me of the soundtrack to Call Me by Your Name. Oh, really? Also about this it kind of reminded me of It Follows. It, re- it reminded me of Call Me by Your Name because Call Me by Your Name also did a great job of getting very period specific music from the actual location where it was being filmed. Mm-hmm. So Call Me by Your Name it, it incorporated American eighties music and it incorporated Italian eighties music. Oh, cool! And this film, Veronica. Did a great job of incorporating fucking 80s music from Spain. I thought it was funny that, um, obviously we watched this with subtitles. Yeah, right. But I thought it was funny that even the um, music had I know, subtitles. right. It's great. It's so <laughs> yeah. wonderful. Um, so you kind of like can see what the music is like speaking about and yeah, everything. Yeah. But it was just funny to me. I was like, yeah. I don't see that very often. And you're absolutely right to, to mention It Follows, which, which I think it, that's one of my favorite horror films too. And I love the soundtrack Yeah, to it. soundtrack to Real Good. This, it, it, it did sort of hearken to that. And I thought that was a really... Um, a really great time. And I think I like the premise for this movie um and that he uh, you know the the writer went into this and found this old like uh police record and then kind of like made a movie around that police yeah. record. That's really interesting to me like yeah. because this is a this is something that it whether it happened in the same fashion, something like this did happen and the outcome was the same yeah, and sure. now we're left with that mystery of like what really did happen. Yeah, totally. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, I definitely say check it out. Um, it is subtitled. I know that's going to turn a lot of people off. Um, I think. But I, I think it's just like dark that we talked about earlier yeah, in the yeah. episode. Like, I, th- I think it's a thing where you just really have attention. to just, you know, give yourself some time this week. Give yourself some time to put down the damn phone, mm-hmm. put away the laptop, put down the iPad or whatever, and just like take an hour and a half and watch a movie again. Remember, yeah. remember, remember what that was like way back in the day. Yeah. When you just watched a movie and didn't talk to anybody else. Yeah. You can do that again. Yeah, but overall, I really liked it. Um, it's not perfect by any means, no. um, but I, I still enjoyed it. I, I think it's definitely worth it, and I, I think it's. I do think I, I want to ask you one more question though sure. before we go off. It, talking about hype mm-hmm. and talking about how people called this you know, the, the best, the the, the Exorcist for our generation. It, it's the scariest movie on Netflix ever, blah, blah blah. Which people have been saying. Yeah. Like why? Why do you think hype gets so out of control? 
Um, I, I for one thing, I think everyone's trying to get you to click on their article, yeah. so they're putting the most extreme things like in the actual headline, sure, um, just to try to get like the you know the first person to talk about this or whatever. I think that's to do with a lot of it. I mean, we consume so much media now; um, you have to like stand out. So yeah. by saying something like "This is the scariest movie on Netflix," people are like, "Oh, right, uh, right, right." I mean, I had a coworker; she knows that you know I I'm into this stuff, and she was like, "Oh, did you hear about Veronica?" And I'm like where are you hearing about this? Yeah, like, exactly. Seriously. Yeah. So I think that's to do, I think that's a lot of it. I, um, and then I, I do think though, in the case of like movies like get out, um, a lot of the hype is deserved, Yeah. you know, and people, more people are going to the movies. They're seeing it. I mean, it made well over like what? $500 million. Yeah, so sure, sure. the, the amount of people that went and saw it, I think helps. Yeah, that. absolutely. Um, but you know what we forgot? What? We forgot to grade these movies. Oh, we got to grade them. So on Friday the 13th, we rate on a scale from one to seven. And uh, why, do, why do we do that? Because there's seven colors in the rainbow, baby. Roy G. Viv. Yeah. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Thank you. You're welcome. For that lesson. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> Roy G. Viv. So um, for, get out, for Get Out, I would say, and this is where I'm going to start to get... That's where I'm going to start to have a problem because we now have a rating in the bag. We have the ritual in the bag. So we always have to remember to grade I know, I know, applicably. I know. Exactly. Um, so with Get Out, I'm going to give Get Out a solid 6.5 out of 7. Okay. I think it's an almost perfect movie um, apart from the couple things that I talked about. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go with you on that and also give it a 6.5 out of 7. I, yeah. I think it makes absolute sense. Um, and I, I thought the film was brilliant. Um, I'm so glad that it's up for Best Picture in the Oscars amongst all the other accolades that it's that it's uh, gotten and deserved. Um, and I think it definitely deserves that rating. Yeah. How about um, Veronica? And then for Veronica, um, I'm going to give... I, I liked Veronica a little bit better than The Ritual, but not as much as Get Out. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go in with that, like a 5.5. I think, I think that's a good rating. Yeah. I'm going to go with a four and a half of Veronica. So you liked, you liked Veronica worse than The Ritual? I, well, I, I like The Ritual better just because I, th- I think it had some really interesting new themes for me okay. about yeah. like Scandinavian culture. Yeah. and it, it gave me a little bit more to, to research. Yeah. And me. I will say, like, Veronica plays to me. Like, that's yeah. the kind of movie I like. I like sure. those ghosty. I like two kinds of horror movies. Yeah. I like the really ghosty, spiritual uh basically shit your pants movies right right sure and then i like like slashers basically yeah, right, right. you know color so it, it really people. gave you both yeah, of those things exactly and like for me I, I think veronica was definitely good like 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 we both agreed i think what you said about being a beautiful mess that makes a lot of sense to me and so for me that's why i'm giving it a four and a half yeah okay fair enough uh, all right um we'll be right back with our closeout segment thank you shantae you stay welcome back to friday the 13th we are here with our final segments. It's everyone's favorite segment, the hottie of the episode. Whoop, whoop. So uh, this is when we choose one hottie from media and one hottie from real life. And Andrew, why don't you take it away? Do you want me to do which one you want me to do first? Mm, do uh, do real life first. Why not? Real life, um, I'm going to go with Van Jones. Van Jones? Yeah. You mean the CNN host? Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I really like when he's on screen, not only because he looks real good doing it, but mm-hmm. he usually has a really good message, and uh, I pretty much align with him on a lot of things. Totally agree. What about uh, media? And horror and media, uh, or not horror, ugh, hottie and media. Hottie and media. Um, I'm going to go with Army Hammer. Yeah. Um, even though his... What color swim trunks is he wearing right now? Even though his personal life is kind of a mess right now, um, with his social media outbursts and 
I, he's so real. Rich people. He's still what can you do? Real good to look at. He's so, really good to look yeah. at. And honestly, if you have not seen Call Me By Your Name, you need to go see that immediately because he's looking real fine in it. Yeah. All right. And who's, who's yours? Uh, in media, it's Daniel Kaluuya, and of course, in Get Out. He is wonderful and he's also super sexy. Um, and he's also a, he's a really good actor. Mm-hmm. He, he did a great job. His his nomination for Best Actor tonight is totally deserved. Um, totally he agree. he makes the movie. So yeah, I'm all for it. And my hottie in real life is a woman. <gasps> I know blasphemy. So her name is actually Kienga Taylor, and Kienga uh, is one of my old friends. Um, she uh, one of my old friends from LGBT activism back in the day in Chicago. Um, she is uh, an assistant professor at Princeton, and her book, From Black Lives Matter to Black Liberation, is an incredible book. And Kienga has been touring the country for a, for the past couple of years now for this book, um, touring with people like Angela Davis and Sean King, and giving these amazing talks over the country about racism and about what people can do about it. So her work has been incredibly important. Her book, once again, is called From Black Lives Matter to Black Liberation. It is well worth a read, and I hope that you'll, you'll uh, uh, give it a chance. All right, great. Um, and just to close out the show, I want to throw a couple shout-outs out there to Please, some of our, yes. our listeners that have graciously given us reviews on um, iTunes and Facebook. Um, uh, Beauty Chick 101, Maven 1974, Darren Wilson, and uh, Bailey Yes. Um, they all gave us um, five-star reviews. And uh, we're looking pretty good so far. Yeah. And um, Andrew, we are part of a network now. You want to well, talk about we, that? Uh, we had the big surprise of being welcomed into a network of podcasts. Um, the network is Legion Podcasts. They can be found at legionpodcast.com. Um, is that Legion Podcast or Legion Podcasts? Uh, with an plural. S. With, with an S. S. So plural. Um, and uh, you can look them up on Facebook. Um, they also have the website. And we'll be up on there shortly. We just have to get a little paperwork in, in order. Fantastic. So, so. legionpodcast.com. So give all those a listen. Um, and Thank one more uh, little shout out is uh, to Devour the Podcast. Yes. Um, I've listened to Devour for many years now. And um, they were really nice to give us a little shout out on their show. So and it, was, and it was it was such a lovely shout out too. It honestly, like... It, it made my day when yeah, I heard it. I, for was, sure. I was literally eating tacos when I heard it um, at lunch, and I was, I was, I was moved to tears. Yeah, so thank you. It was great. But um, it, please, 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 uh, spread the word. Check us out on Facebook. Um, Leave a review. Share it with your friends. Tell everybody. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your siblings. We just want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. We want you to subscribe to us, please. Tell your friends to subscribe, and leave us a review on iTunes, please. That'd be very helpful. Um, helps to get the word out there and helps to uh, increase whatever algorithm thing that yeah. gets us in front of the more reviews spaces. we get, the more we really in front appreciate of it. Um, we think we have a really unique view on both uh, real life and movies um, as two LGBT dudes, um, mm-hmm. and we want to share it with everybody because yeah. I think it's I think it's fun. So yeah, thanks to all of our listeners and all the people that have given us. Um, uh, text messages, emails, yeah. uh, reviews. It's all really helpful and really encouraging. And two more thank yous on this particular episode to our producers, Beth and Michael. They've been big helps on this episode, so thank you for being with us. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>